Hey, Kenzie, you know what bothers me? What, Casey? Terrible intro music. Oh, bother! Okay, everyone, so welcome to our seventh episode of Oh, Bother. Seventh heaven. <laughs> Lucky number seven. Lucky podcast number seven. Woohoo! Woo! All right, everybody. So we are going to try to keep this short and sweet today uh, because our last one ran pretty long and the one before that was pretty long too. So we're going to try to keep this one uh, short. And so when it hits 25 minutes, I'm going to be like, all right, we're done. We're cutting ourselves off. Actually, if it goes over 25 minutes, I think you, wherever you are, should just turn it the f off like just put it off like cut us off hold us accountable for this yeah let us know (laughs) let us know in the comments um that you turned it off you turned it off give us your time mark um i don't think there is a place for people to comment like if you're listening on itunes oh my god yeah we need like a twitter yeah do we have a twitter we have an instagram oh shoot i think we have a twitter though because i really want people to like start tweeting in their bothers i think you did create a twitter (laughs) and then it it followed me and it had no profile picture or any information oh yeah i think think that's what happened uh but anyway so in (laughs) the spirit of keeping this thing moving kenzie your baby bother of the week okay so i am bothered that more people on the internet aren't talking about the show dead to me on netflix Ooh, it's a new show. It's a new show that I'm obsessed with. I'm actually bothered with how much I like it Mm -hmm. because it's so good that I'm, like, annoyed at it for, like, I don't even know how to explain how I feel about this show. I watched it in, like, three nights, and it's a perfect show. The way you started out talking about your baby bother, it sounded like an ad. Like, you know what I- It did! You know what I'm bothered by? The fact that people aren't talking about this show. well, oh, no, bother, but the internet is, like, going crazy about this stupid coffee cup on Game of Thrones, which is mm. interesting. Um, It's very interesting, but, like, it's gotten to a point where people are asking me if I've heard about it. And I'm like, <laughs> I saw it the day it happened. It was all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, I did not hear about Dead to Me. I think until the day it premiered on Netflix, because I was, like, watching something else on Netflix, yeah. and the trailer played, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll watch this eventually. It's a half-hour show, but it's just so dramatic that you don't think that it should be a comedy, but also it's funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. It was executive produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, so. Nice. It's good. It's a good show. Uh, so my baby bother of the week uh, is about dresses, right? Go for it. So I have a lot of cute dresses, but I don't wear them a lot, um, mostly because, I mean, it's it's only just now spring. It wasn't really warm enough to wear dresses, even though this is California. Like, it still wasn't really dress weather the last few months. Um, and I'm bothered that every time I do wear a dress, people think I'm like, <laughs> going somewhere fancy. Sometimes I just wear them for fun. Like a couple weeks ago when Kenzie and I were going to record our episode on the movie After, mm. um, I changed into a dress after work because it was a hot day. It was like high 80s. And I just didn't want to be wearing pants and a shirt, you know? Yeah. I wanted, <laughs> I was going to wear a dress. So I put on a dress and then immediately... So uh, there was one guy at work who said to me as I'm in this dress, he was like... Ooh, Casey, somebody's got a date. And I'm like, no, it is just hot outside. (laughs) And then I got several other comments along a similar line. And when in reality, I was literally just going over to Kenzie's house 
to do exactly what we're doing now. <laughs> Talking to a microphone. Yeah. I just wanted to look nice while doing it. So I guess that's what I'm bothered by is that I can't wear dresses without, you know, someone thinking I'm up to something. Okay. I feel the same way, and I feel like a lot of people have apologized to me recently for showing up to my house in dresses while I'm, like, in yoga pants. And honestly, I consider them the same type, like, they're the same category of clothing for me. Like, when I put on a dress, if it's made of that kind of stretchy cotton, that to me is the same as sweatpants, because you're not wearing, like, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, you can eat a big meal and no one will tell. Um, (laughs) I love wearing dresses casually. I don't really a lot because of the same thing that you're talking about. Like, people always assume that you're going on a date. Yeah. Which is weird to me because I don't really wear dresses a lot on dates. I normally wear jeans and a nice shirt. Like, I'm not... I like to leave something that they have to get through. (laughs) (laughs) I like barriers. Um, Yeah. Normally when I'm wearing a dress, it's just, like, because I don't feel like wearing pants. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I haven't been on a date in a long, long time, but I don't think I would wear a dress on a first date. Yeah, no, it's not. Normally the first stage is just like, I'm making sure that you're not a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. I have trust issues. Do you as well? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. I I do not trust anybody <laughs> with anything and definitely not with me. <laughs> And my feelings. <laughs> and my body. <laughs> that's a, But that's a completely separate yeah. conversation. Yeah. Let's We're, talk about clothing. Yeah, let's... So this conversation about dresses is a good segue into our main topic of the week, which is a, a very mild one. It's more of a fun fact, but it is it is fun. It's about... Um, I don't think it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's I think a, it's awful. <laughs> well, by it, I mean fun in the sense that it's a short, simple one that by the okay. end people will have learn something interesting i'm like oh and you'll also be bothered by it we're gonna spread the bother this week anyway uh (laughs) our main bother is about uh women's versus men's buttons uh (laughs) anybody who has worn both men and women's clothing will have noticed that the buttons are on different sides can we talk about how we discovered this? Yes, yes, yes. So so women's buttons are on the left side and men's are on the right. Now, both so we, of us were very used to wearing women's shirts with the buttons, right, until... And we wear a uniform at our workplace. And when we were both training for the job that we're in now, we got fitted for these uniforms and we were all standing in a group of people dressed the same way. All the women were talking about how it was weird to button the shirts because the buttons were on the wrong side. Yeah. They're, they're men's shirts, essentially. Right. They're they're unisex, but generally when something is unisex, it leans more towards a men's sense of style. Right, because they dress typically more comfortable than we are. We do. <laughs> so the buttons are on the right, um, which, because we're so used to being the button, having the buttons on the left, made them much more difficult to button up. Right. To the point that we were like, why is this a thing? Yeah. So we looked it up. Yep. Now... Uh, so no one, uh, fashion historians and, you know, other historians, no one is 100% sure why this is a thing. Which really uh, bums me out. But there I are... I feel like fashion histor- history would be really fun to study and be an expert in. Yeah. I mean, in, in uh, terms of, like, most historical things like this, there is no uh, set, like, 100% certain theory. But there are some that are, you know, like, they're pretty solid theories. Like, 90% sure this is accurate. Yeah. 
Um, so one of the most popular theories uh, traces back to how uh, middle and upper class women uh, were dressed or uh, during during in Europe during like the Renaissance and the Victorian era. You know, these very rich women, they wore very complicated clothes. Uh, and so they weren't able to dress themselves. They had to have someone else dress them. Um, and because of that, uh, they were having someone else dress them. They put the buttons on the opposite side so that when the servant who was dressing them, uh, when they were dealing with the buttons, the buttons were on the correct side for the servant. See, I'm confused about that because didn't men have valets for that? Like in Downton Abbey, if you watch Downton Abbey, yeah. they always have the butler who specifically dresses them. Who's called a valet for some reason? Valet. In valet. Oh, valet. Yes. So it's like, we pronounce it valet, but that's like a different thing. Yeah. Um, so before we get to that, uh, that's that deals more with, how, well, men's buttons are on the right side, and that's the correct side. But why is that the correct side, so to speak? Wait, why did it stop being a job to dress people? Clothes aren't as complicated as they used to be. I mean, if I had to put on a corset yeah. and something that buttons in the back, I couldn't do that myself. I would have to have someone do it for me. Would you? Okay. Like, if you were in the same social class, economic class, as we are right now, mm -hmm. um, we'd probably be the people dressing the fancy people, right? We're, we're, oh man. Yeah, I feel maybe. like we're in Hollywood society. Mm -hmm. We would be the people putting the corsets on. So, yeah. Other than our job that we're doing right now, do you think it'd be more fun to dress a person? Probably not, right? No, Why probably am I even not. talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, it would be interesting to be a part of that sort of... I feel like yeah. there'd be a same sense of camaraderie. Like in Downton Abbey, there's that whole yeah. upstairs, downstairs thing. And there's a lot of camaraderie between, like, all the people downstairs. We're and... definitely the basement of Downton Abbey. Yeah. Like, that's our break room. It's the vibe. Yeah, the only reason I hesitated <laughs> when you said, well, would we be the people getting dressed or the people, like, be or doing the dressing? I was thinking, like, well, yeah, right now, if I had, you know, moved from the small town to the big city to try to make money, you know, right. then, then definitely I'd be the one to dress. But if I had just stayed at home, yeah. like, that's like a, you know, middle class thing. I yeah. would definitely wouldn't be one of the rich people in Downton right. Abbey, but I would still, you know, be like one of the merchant class. Yeah, exactly. I I, they probably had someone dressing. Am them. I a serf or am I a merchant? I mean, merchant. I don't know. On my own without my family, surf all the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Such a surf. Uh, nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> looking to someone, uh, looking to help someone on their fief. What? <laughs> What's a fief? Um, a, a fief is a plot of land, isn't it? A fief. Um, hmm. I need to actually, I'm going to Google that. We should be using these terms, like, in oral day life again. Yeah, fief is an estate of land. I'm going to start referring to my apartment as my fief. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so why were men's buttons on the right side? All right, we'll get back to that. So they're, they're on the right side because of how men dressed for war. Most of the time, a lot of men's fashion history can be traced back to war and the military. So men would be holding their weapons with their right hand, drawing their weapons with their right hand. And then... So their left hand would be open, and then they could use the left hand to um, button, uh, like to uh, so to adjust their buttons and button their shirt back up. I don't wait. Were they holding a gun while buttoning their shirt? Was <laughs> that's that what the... I don't understand. All of this information that I'm telling you right now, I got from uh, from the Smithsonian from an article on Smithsonian.com, and this is the part that <laughs> they should know. Yeah, this is the part that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Is that they were. Uh, trying to readjust their buttons Wait. while holding a knife. No, I... no, no. Like I think they had their knife inside of the shirt. Mm -hmm. Is that? And then they're if they're using their right hand, then it would be through that. 
right? You're like sticking your hand through your shirt to get your gun out of its concealed. I'll just read you the direct quote Please from do. this website. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the direct quote from the Smithsonian article about this issue of men's and women's buttons. All right. Okay. Because men's soldiers or because male soldiers also often drew their weapons with their right hand, building their clothes with the buttons on the right side would have made it a lot easier to adjust and unbuttoned with their free left hand. Wait. Why are they adjusting their buttons while they're firing a gun? That's weird. No, I Not think... even necessarily just firing a gun, because this is way back in the day. This is like drawing sabers, holding knives. So um... if you're taking your sword out of your sheath, mm-hmm. and you're holding it in your right hand, you can also take your left hand and button that top button. And unbutton your shirt. You're going to give someone a show while you're stabbing them to death, I guess. What?! That is such a weird, nonsensical sentence. Here's another quote from the article. Um, this is a, this is a, this is actually a quote from a different uh, article, The Art of Chivalry, European Arms and Armor <laughs> from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Okay. So, to ensure that an enemy's lance point would not slip between the plates, they overlapped from left to right, since it was standard fighting practice that the left side, protected by the shield, was turned toward the enemy. Thus, men's jackets button left to right, even to the present day. What? It still doesn't make a ton of sense. You know what? I have a, I'm bothered by the Smithsonian article. Yeah, I'm a little bothered, too. I The the women's one makes total sense. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's the directions the servants were facing. They were used to doing buttons on the right, so it's easier to have them on the right. But the explanation for why, why male soldiers' buttons are on the right <laughs> doesn't make a ton of sense, but... I mean, I think for practical there. reasons, over time, there were probably multiple reasons why the buttons were on the right. Mm-hmm. And I think there were probably a lot of seamstresses that were just, like, doing it by mistake on the left. And then they'd learn the hard way when their customers were just like, why is it like this? This is a fun little uh, tacked on sentence at the end of this article <laughs> that just leaves me with more questions. Um, it's about how there are other theories about why women's buttons are on the left. And one of the theories is that uh, Napoleon mass-produced clothing that was intentionally difficult for women to put on. Wow. I would love more elaboration on that. Um, that seems real to me. But I'm not getting it from this article. I think that's probably why we have buttons on the left. And I think it really is a microcosm for why feminism needs to... Take a larger step in society. That's why we have buttons are on the left. We've why? been getting screwed over since the dawn of Napoleon. Oh, when was Napoleon around? The late 1700s to the early 1900s. You know, an unnamed soldier from Napoleon's army was the one who found the Rosetta Stone. But that's a t- topic for, I guess, a different day. <laughs> that's We're getting way off topic. Um... <laughs> Napoleon was just a short little man who couldn't get laid and wanted to keep the women down. He had a wife, actually. I really doubt she liked being in that relationship. Oh, they were a major, uh, her name was Josephine, and she wanted power, just like he wanted power. And they were not in the happiest relationship. So it was like on Gallivant when 
Did you see Gallivant? I have not seen Gallivant. You know what? I'm bothered that more people didn't watch Gallivant because it got canceled. I had a lot of friends who really liked Gallivant, and that's, yeah, just one I I loved Once Upon a Time. It was on, like, right after that, and I just never watched it, and I should have. I think there should be more musical TV shows. Like, that's really what I got out of Gallivant. I was like, this is what I've wanted out of TV my whole life. Like, Scrubs had the one musical mm-hmm. episode, and I was like, this is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm bothered by the shirt thing. Um, I think it's annoying that they trained us our entire life to button shirts with the buttons on the left, and then I get this job wearing a men's shirt, and they button on the right. I think that's very jarring. Our job might be getting us new uniforms. I severely doubt that. (laughs) Yeah. They keep telling- okay, so at our job we work outside, and they keep giving us training on heat exhaustion, and then they keep saying- that if you're wearing a heavy uniform, or, like, if you're wearing heavy clothing, then you're at risk for heat exhaustion, and we wear heavy clothing, so I really want to be the person, like, I feel like the person giving the meeting in the morning isn't the one who's in charge of this, but I really want to tell someone, like, hey, we're gonna overheat. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's happened uh, last year and the year before and the year before that, and they never did anything then. People so. have really fainted at our job. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be one to faint. I'm worried about you. Don't take that the wrong way. It's just... Oh, you should be worried about me. I am from a very uh, different climate. So during the winter, the, Calif- the California winter, when everyone was freaking out in the cold and the rain and using hand warmers, I was like, guys, come on now. Oh, no. But worry about me during the summer because I am not good in heat. I am good in cold. I hate being cold. That's why I moved here. But I don't like being hot either. Wow. So you got to Okay. So on Amazon, I ordered one of those towels that you wet and then Mm. it keeps you cool. Mm. You should get one of those. Mm. That's how I'm going to survive the summer. I guess there isn't much else to say about this topic of buttons. I mean, I think we've really made our point clear. We're we don't think it's fair. We've adapted. Yeah. So I think you as yeah as the man. I'm assuming you're you're like a rich man listening to this. <laughs> this is your fault. Like I'm addressing you as though this is your fault. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're a woman too. But I just want you to know, sir, that we are not happy with this button situation. <laughs> But we aren't insanely annoyed either. This is why. Yeah. It's a, this is why it's a good oh bother because we're, we're mostly just kind of mildly bothered by the situation. We're not going to riot in the streets. Um, don't worry about us. You know, we're not coming after you in the night with our knives or our sabers that we can take out while we unbutton our shirt. Like we're not. We're not a violent <laughs> people. We're just like very. We're annoyed. We're like slightly yeah. annoyed. I would say. We're not the first women to be bothered by this, and we certainly won't be the last. Because they're not going to change it. I And I don't even it's really care if they It's too late to do. change it. They don't need to change it. I'm. I want the next generation to not have to deal with this, though. So I think we need to start at, like, Baby Gap and hit this hard with Baby Gap. Like, that's where this begins. Maybe shirts should just stop having buttons and, hear me out, just start having zippers. Oh, Fork, no. <laughs> I almost cussed on the podcast. Oh my god, a zippered shirt? That's disgusting. No. Oh my god, can you imagine our uniforms with zippers? Ugh. Hear me out for number no. two. No. No. Velcro. Get out of this podcast. Get 
What? I want to bring back those like snap shirts that my dad always wore. But they'd have to have a side for the snaps. It's true. They would still be on different sides. And also the Velcro would still need that. The zipper is the only solution Mm. and it's not aesthetically pleasing. Maybe shirts just shouldn't be split in the middle. How are you going to get them on? How'd you get that shirt on? She's wearing this a t-shirt. Is, this is a t-shirt. It stretches. The other, the cotton doesn't stretch. We'd just be, we'd be trapped. We'd be sewed inside. We'd be trapped. Maybe you just have to choose one shirt at the start of your life. Oh my God. And, and then just shower. into it. Yeah. And then you just shower forever until you like Hulk out of the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> then they put you in a new shirt. They yeah. sew you into a new one. Yep. It's like a, like a second skin. Ugh. <laughs> God, I feel so much better about my life knowing that that's not what happens to me. <laughs> that just made me, like, so uncomfortable that it just, like, Wah. <laughs> All right, so concluding thoughts on buttons. All right, we're mostly just bothered by it, but it has an interesting historical story behind it that, I mean, the men's side doesn't make complete sense, but I think we could just say it has something to do with war and drawing weapons out with your right hand. I think it's easier to button on the right-hand side, so I think that's why it is that way. Yeah, it's because people are, you know, right-hand dominant, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Uh, let's move on now to our the concluding aspect of our podcast. For once in my life, I've remembered that we end this by talking about <laughs> positive things. Um, I could go first. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> my positive. So I went to Disneyland for the very first time ever wow. on Sunday. And that's like the biggest anti-bother you can possibly <laughs> ever have. I had a great time. I don't really know what else to say about it besides I had a great time because, I mean, everyone has a great time at Disneyland. Rode a bunch of rides. I was there from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. Did as much stuff as I possibly could. And then bought a Winnie the Pooh stuffed bear at the very end of the day. It's so cute, souvenir. guys. It's like in the room with us right now. Um, very overpriced, but like I knew that going in that everything was going Worth to be it. like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was fine. Worth it. The only thing I uh, really wanted that I didn't get was one of those bubble wands. You know? What? Yeah, they like... Why? Because there's all these kids with I hate, oh my god, I hate those at Disneyland. The bubbles are always, like, all up in my face. Yeah. I wanted to be the one with the bubbles. Oh my goodness. We can never go to Disney together. And they were, uh, but they were $25. And I was like, I said to my my friend, my roommate, I was like, I'm not making bubble wand money. (laughs) One day I'll be making bubble wand money, but not right now. Do you know how much the balloons cost at Disneyland? Those ones with the other balloon inside? How much are those? $30. $30. Man, I wanted one. I'm glad I didn't ever Yeah, they are them. $30 and they can pop. I was going to get one of those if I found them at the end of the night, and I didn't, so it was probably a good thing I didn't. It made me so uncomfortable to learn that. Um, but I like my Winnie the Pooh. I, I love Winnie the Pooh. That's part of why this podcast is called Oh Bother. I too. I love him. Anyway, uh, Disneyland's great. What's your anti-bother of the week? My anti-bother is I have a favorite song from a musical, and I found out that a lot of my friends actually like the song as well, because I was kind of embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. It's from The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. It's um, The Other Side with Zac Efron and um, what's his name? Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. And it's just like this incredible song, and the scene for it on YouTube is just perfectly rhythmic i don't know i love it i was talking about it like kind of embarrassed and then everyone in the room was just like oh my god i love that song and it just felt very nice so if you also like an embarrassing song from a musical you know share it with people unless it's you know from a dirty musical then keep it to yourself (laughs) 
I was gonna say I can't even think of a dirty musical. But I know I there really are know. some. There have to be some that are like, uh, Sweeney Todd. That's icky. Oh, if your uh, favorite song's from Sweeney Todd, don't tell me. I hate Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Cabaret is a bit iffy. Cabaret is yeah. I mean, it's about a strip club, right? There's... I mean, it's about a what? What do you call it? Like a cabaret bar? No, there's like uh, burlesque. The, is the that ca- is it? Just the cabaret? I think it is. It a German strip club? That's what I thought they were. No, I, I don't know. know. It's a good thing I have my. We should out. know this. So, cabaret is a form of theatrical entertainment featuring music, song, dance, recitation, or drama. Nothing about stripping. It is mainly distinguished by the performance venue, which might be a pub, a restaurant, or a nightclub. Okay. So it's basically a cabaret is uh, just, you know, a performance in a specific kind of venue. The What makes cabaret is the place. Oh. Not the performer. Okay. So maybe that's not a dirty musical, but it is. The musical is dirty. Yeah, there's a, Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's raunchy, but for the time period, it like the movie came out. Oh wait, Spring Awakening. If your favorite song's from Spring Awakening, keep it to yourself. Ooh, I like Spring Awakening. No, I once watched a production of Spring Awakening with two guys that I had dated in college, and it was <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be weird. One of them played the doctor. The doc. Oh, I thought the two adult roles were all like. There's like, he was the adult. Yeah, there's like an adult man, adult woman who plays all the adult yeah. characters. Isn't that yeah. how that goes? Yeah. Ugh. Shouldn't I, have dated him. <laughs> I went to a, a production of Spring Awakening uh, at my college that was like one of the most amazing productions I had ever seen them put on. So I, I, I have really it's a fond really memory good. of Spring Awakening. It's a good show. It's if also you don't a, know the people in it intimately, I would say. It also has such an interesting backstory because the play, like the play was originally written like, I think in the late 1800s in Germany. And it has, like, basically all of the same plot points. Wow. And, which is insane, because there's, you know, the, uh, there's, like, the abortion storyline, yeah. teen pregnancy, depression, suicide, oh um, the homosexual relationships. And this was written in the late 1800s, and then they, and then so it was basically banned immediately when yeah. it came out. And then, uh, I don't even know if it now was actually Now it's a rock staged. musical. Yeah, and then they updated it as, uh, to be a rock musical in the it's early 2000s. And now it's this uh, huge hit musical. And I, the backstory behind it is crazy. It's good, but it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to do, is make you uncomfortable. Just like this podcast. Anyway, now we're over time. Oh, my goodness. I hope you aren't listening to this right now because we broke our contract with you. Okay. This is a legal podcast time. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Anyway, uh, Disneyland's great. Musicals are great. I, You all are great. Thanks for listening. Bye.